the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's 600-6316. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us at seven minutes after the hour of, uh, hour of nine o'clock on this free for all Friday edition of the Bob France Authority. It is the 16th morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord 2019. I want to take just one second to say happy birthday to the most beautiful girl in the world. And of course, I'm speaking of my daughter who becomes an adult today. Happy birthday, Jaden. Uh, we have a lot to do today. Uh, Sharia Talib is apparently not happy with this latest turn of events. Sharia Talib and her fellow Squid member, um, Jihad Omar, have been barred from entering Israel, or at least they had been until a late-breaking development, and they are not happy. Bernie Sanders is not happy. They are appalled that the nation of Israel would deny two members of the United States Congress the right to um, come onto their soil, into their country, and spread in person, face-to-face, the anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, BDS propaganda that they spread on social media and to the American media every single day. They're stunned by this development. Wait a minute, you mean the nation that we don't want to be able to exist, the nation that we have introduced resolutions into the United States Congress and the House of Representatives against, by way of BDS, which is boycott, divest, and sanction Israel, into non-existence, that nation that we don't think has a right to be on the map because we feel they are occupying... Palestinian land, that nation won't let us come and visit? What's wrong with them? How dare they? 
Why wouldn't they allow us to come and visit and spread the we don't want Israel to exist message in Israel? This is an astounding development. I'm not even close to kidding here. What happened yesterday, the outrage expressed by Representative Jihad Omar from uh, Minnesota and Representative Sharia Tlaib from Michigan, these two Muslim women who do not believe in the right of Israel to exist, they are livid, and as is the Democrat caucus. The Democrat caucus highlighted probably the most loud and shrill voice belongs to that of Bernie Sanders. How dare you not allow my fellow Democratic women to come to your country just because they want to kill your country? Bernie Sanders has been the loudest, most obnoxious voice in this thing outside of the two squids themselves. Tlaib and Omar are Hamas-supporting, BDS-supporting anti-Semites, and they have the Democrat caucus's backing in their uh, desire to actually go to Israel so that they can threaten Israel with destruction in person, right there in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv or wherever it is that they wanted to go. So Israel yesterday made the decision to not allow them to come for obvious reasons. See, Israel doesn't play. Israel can't afford to play. Since Israel was founded, he said, well, it was founded thousands of years ago officially, but when given um, sovereign state status in 1948, they have been threatened by countless enemies who don't want them to have their little tiny sliver of land in the Middle East. They can't afford to play. When someone attacks Israel, they have no choice but to attack back tenfold. Now, they don't always do that, but they should. And the one thing that they do, do, though, is they attack back. They cannot afford anything else. The Jewish people on this planet were almost exterminated. They were, all, they were targeted for extermination by Hitler and the Nazi regime, thanks to the greatness of the United States and the Allies, They survived as a people. And in 1948, they were given their holy land back so that they don't have to try to live amongst the same people or in the same area, in the same part of the world that tried to wipe them out, to literally eradicate them from human existence. And because of what they endured, they get special protection. They are entitled to special protection, not just from within, but from without. That's why we have made them such a high priority. Now, admittedly, we're not all just, uh, you know, not, not all of this, rather, is 100% giving on our part. It is strategically uh, appropriate for us to have a strong ally like Israel in the Middle East, in the midst of all of the nations that do hate the Western uh, culture, that do hate the United States. It is part, partially strategic, but moreover, it is, or more uh, importantly, it is, of course, our duty, our responsibility to help our allies to survive in a hostile environment in which they are attacked from all sides. Attacked from Palestinians, attacked by Iranians, attacked by Syrians, attacked by all of those who believe that Israel should not have the right to exist. They don't play. They don't play when it comes to defending their borders. They don't play when, as you know, or you probably know, in Israel, 
all Israelis um, are compelled to serve at least two years in the Israeli military. Why? They don't have a choice. Everyone has to be invested in the defense of Israel. So they have the right to make up rules. They have the right to be a little stronger. They have a right to be a little bit more on the defensive. And I don't mean that, you know, against hurt feelings, anti-Semitic comments, but on the defensive literally in defending themselves than perhaps people in a lot of other countries do. So when I say they don't play, they don't play. And one of the examples of that is they did not allow BDS supporters, boycott, divest, and sanction, which calls for the end of Israel. Period. To support BDS, according to Ted Deutsch, who is a a Democrat from Florida, congressman, to support BDS is to support a world without Israel. Without its existence. This is a Democrat, not Donald Trump. A Democrat acknowledging this. If you support BDS, which Sharia Tlaib and Jihad Omar did and do publicly and officially, like I said, they introduced a resolution in the, um, in the United States House of Representatives. If you support BDS, boycott, divest, and sanction of Israel, you support an end to Israel. And so Israel is not going to exactly open their arms and allow you to come onto their soil and preach about their destruction in person. Let me throw it to you another way. You know that coworker, the one coworker you have that you just cannot stand? You know that guy, right? The obnoxious one who is constantly criticizing you. The obnoxious one is constantly going to HR to complain about you, to get you in trouble. You know that guy, the one who's telling the off-color jokes around you just to embarrass you. You know the one who will pull out your chair before you sit down and then laugh. You know that obnoxious coworker. Everybody's got one, right? Well, if you were throwing a house party for your work friends, would you invite him? If he showed up at your door unannounced, would you open it and allow him in? Or would you say, get the H off of my property. I have to work with you. I don't have to socialize with you. Get off of my property before I call the cops. You're not going to welcome that person in. That coworker is Representative Sharia Tlaib. That coworker is Representative Jihad Omar. And yes, I know how their names are actually pronounced. I find mine to be much more appropriate and accurate. So you know the story by now. Israel said, you can't come. They freaked out. Bernie Sanders and the rest of the Democrat caucus freaking out, telling the, the world, what a, this is not how democracies act. This is, uh, this is unfair. Well, maybe we should. This is what Bernie's latest tweet is. Well, if they won't allow members of Congress in, maybe they don't want our money to come in either. We should cut off all of our aid to Israel. The blatant and wanton anti-Israel and, yes, anti-Semitic policies of the American Democrats on full display. Well, the story picked up from there goes like this. Sharia Tlaib complained and cried and went to social media to say, well, but, but, but my gammy, but, 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 but my gammy is over there. Pretty much literally that. 
Sharia Tlaib, is complaining that she didn't get to go see her grandma, who is in Israel. She wants to go and see her grandma, and so she applied for a special humanitarian uh, permit to visit Israel for that purpose. She agreed that she would abide by whatever conditions and restrictions that Israel wanted to, uh, to impose upon her for that visit because of their previous decision. So she begged to be able to go. Israel, showing some compassion, said, okay, under those circumstances, and for that reason, for the humanitarian nature of this visit, you can go. But where does the story go from there? Here's a report from Fox News. Israel is citing humanitarian grounds as it grants Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib access to the West Bank to see someone special to her. My goal is to see my grandmother. Um, you know, again, she's in her 90s. This could be my last chance to see her. Israel will still not allow Congresswoman Ilhan Omar to visit. Both lawmakers have been critical of Israel. Israel's interior minister says Tlaib has agreed not to promote boycotts and follow all restrictions during her trip. Israel's initial decision to ban the congresswoman sparked widespread criticism. In Washington. Not too widespread. Widespread from the demon rats. Not from people who support and believe in Israel's right to exist. So where does the story go from there? The story from there goes to now Sharia Tlaib is, is saying, I'm not going. Not under those circumstances. She wanted to make them blink. They blinked. And in true Sharia fashion, now she says, no. A series of tweets from Sharia Tlaib one hour ago, quote, My city, which apparently is, um, uh, meaning gra- grandma, grandmother, wanted to pick figs with me. I broke down reading this and worry every single day after I won for my family's safety. My cousin was texting me which photo of Ilhan and me they should put on a welcoming poster when I heard the news. I couldn't tell her. When I won... It gave the Palestinian people hope that someone will finally speak the truth about the inhumane conditions. I can't allow the state of Israel to take away that light by humiliating me and use my love for my city, meaning S-I-T-Y, by the way, not city, but S-I-T-Y, the grandmother word, to bow down to their oppressive and racist policies. Silencing me, says Sharia Tlaib this morning, And treating me like a criminal is not what she wants for me. It would kill a piece of me. I've decided that visiting my grandmother under these oppressive conditions stands against everything I believe in. Fighting against racism, oppression, and justice. End quote. So now the game is is clear for all to see. It was never about her city. It was never about visiting. Kill the music for a moment. I'll take a break in a second. It was never about her city visiting Gammy in the West Bank before she dies. It was about a show, a political game to score points. Oh, my God, they won't let me come to Israel because they are oppressive and racist against me, a Palestinian woman. Oh, my God, they won't even let me see my grandmother. Israel says, okay, come and see your grandmother. Oh, my God, they won't let me come and see my grandmother without all of these conditions they put on me. Look how racist and oppressive they are. 
This was an attempt to embarrass Israel. This was an attempt to score more cheap political points. This was an attempt to do all that Palestinians like Sharia Tlaib always do, which is spread propaganda and try to demonize Israel. Turn more of the world against the Israelis. After all, they haven't survived enough. Israeli Jews, tracing back to their ancestors and family members who were European Jews, and going, of course, much, much further. They haven't suffered enough oppression. Now they have to be oppressed by racist, anti-Semitic people like Sharia Tlaib, using the American media as their as their operative, as their tool. It is simply a shame. And listening to each and every Democrat with, that is demonizing Israel over this is even more shameful. I've got more for you on this. Michael Goldstein of uh, Proclaiming Justice to the Nations is going to be joining me at the bottom of the hour at about 9.35 to talk more about what is going on in Israel, what led to their decision, and the shameful tactics of Sharia Tlaib and Jihad Omar in this uh, embarrassing display. All of that is coming up right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Got a tattoo. He met a girl at... Help! I need somebody... So, uh, yeah, Sharia Tlaib begged for the humanitarian approval to go to see her gammy in the West Bank. She got it. Now she says, I'm not going unless you lift those restrictions on me. In other words, her entire motive for going to see her city, her grandmother, garbage. She used her grandmother as a tool. And you know what? Grandma is probably just fine with that because they probably share the same ideals. BJ is in North Olmstead, wants to weigh in on this before the bottom of the hour. BJ, go ahead. Thank you very much, Bob. I'd like to bring something more to the attention. All the socialists, no matter what their religion, what their color is, that is their religion, socialism. Bernie Sanders is a Jew. He couldn't care less about Israel. Neither can Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Most of the American Jews did not support Israel during the last election. Uh, they, they, their hatred for Donald Trump was so great. We have to be aware that socialism is a whole different animal than we are familiar with in this country. It is their belief. It makes no difference what their heritage or background is. If you are a socialist, you're an angry human being, and you hate America, and you hate the freedom, you hate the Constitution. A lot of American Jews hate Israel because they're socialistic Jews. They're not, they're, they're not traditional Jewish. Just like a lot of, you know, in World War II we had Germans and we had Italians that were allies over in Europe, but a lot of Italian boys and a lot of German boys went in our military. We were against Japan, but a lot of the Japanese went over to Europe and fought more with most decorated. My point is this. If you are a believer in a free society, you have a different principle. These socialists do not have the principles we think, and we can't confuse that anymore. We have to wake up to the reality. Their belief has nothing to do with who their heritage and what their heritage is. And, and I think we're going to see this more and more. And I thank you for the time, but be aware of that. It has nothing to do with their background and heritage. It has with their philosophical belief 
of a miserable society under socialism. And thank you for your time, Bob. BJ, I agree with 99.9% of what you say, but for Tlaib, it does have a lot to do with her heritage and her background and her ethnicity. The Palestinian versus Jew struggle or fight for that land that is Israel has been going on for eons. And for her, it is. It is personal. That's why she is a Hamas supporter. That's why she is, which has nothing to do with socialism. That's why she is a, uh, a supporter of the BDS movement to boycott, divest, sanction, and destroy Israel. So 99% of what you said is accurate. It is about socialism and that existence, not about their history uh, or their ancestry, but uh, uh, there is a large part of it, especially for Tlaib. And also for Omar, her sister in uh, combat of arms. Uh, for them, it really is. Thanks so much for the call. We're going to learn more about this. Michael Goldstein is the Ohio Director of uh, Pro- uh, Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. He is an expert on Israeli history, and he's going to tell us all about this. Coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. News, opinion, insight. This is AM 14. I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. My mama used to dance for the money they throw. Yes, indeed, 935, the Bob Prince Authority, on AM 1420, the answer. I think I have the timeline now. I'm going to bring Mike Goldstein on in a second here. Let me, in fact, let me bring him on now. Mike Goldstein is the uh, Ohio Director of uh, Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. Uh, uh, and he is uh, a friend, a good friend. He is also the husband of former congressional candidate Beverly Goldstein, who is the co-founder of ACT uh, for America Cleveland chapter with our mutual friend Dan Ramada. And I asked Mike to come on. He is an expert in Israeli history and Jewish history and, yes, the Middle East, among many other titles he wears or uh, that he has. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on. How are you, sir? Good morning, Bob. I'm fine. Nice choice of music this morning. Uh, thank you. Oh, that's Derek. I'll give Derek credit for that. Uh, Mike, I want to make sure. I, I was just trying to do this in 280 characters, which is the Twitter limit. Tell me how I did. Um, let's see if we have the Omar Talib timeline. One, we must boycott, divest, and sanction Israel. Two, we want to come to Israel. Three, what do you mean we're banned from Israel? Four, I want to see my gammy. Five, you mean I can see my gammy? Six, <laughs> I won't see my gammy like this. Seven, boycott Israel. Did I, did I cover it? That's, a, that's the best I can do in 280 character limit of Twitter, but I think I have it all uh, from start to finish here so far. Did I do a good job? Yeah, that's approximately correct. Um, and then the bottom line is now that uh, I've read that um, she can go see her gammy. The uh, interior minister has... Um, has approved her to come in, Talib to come in and yeah, visit with yeah. her grandmother. Yeah, I covered that part. You missed that part on my on, yeah. on my no 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 I didn't on I, my timeline. Yeah, the, the, that was number five. You mean, I, you mean I can see my gammy? Because they did. They approved it. Yeah. The humanitarian minister approved it, or with humanitarian, I should say, the interior minister approved it on a humanitarian basis. Then she says, "I won't see my gammy like this," uh, as she refused this morning to go. Uh, and oh, I didn't hear are. that. I didn't hear that one yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't hear that. No. Oh, I know she, that she had to. She had agreed to to go see her, uh, and she had pledged not to uh, talk about BDS while she was. Oh in well, Israel. then let me, let me get you up to speed. I, I was just talking Thank about you. her series of tweets this morning, Michael Goldstein, 
Uh, her series of tweets this morning include. Uh, hold on, let me let me uh, bring. I seem to have lost my my page on her here. But what she said this morning is that she is not going to go and see her gammy, her city. I guess is the word. I don't know what if that's uh, an Arabic word or or, or, what, or Palestinian, whatever it is. But she said, I'm not going to go under those conditions. Uh, essentially, she wouldn't want to see me like that. So essentially, what she said is, uh, or to me anyway, Michael, she, she used her grandmother as a tool. She learned her grandmother, used her grandmother to score uh, political points, to score sympathy points. Oh, my God, my dying grandmother, I might never see her again. I have to be able to go see her. I'll do whatever you say. I'll listen to your conditions. I won't uh, 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 support BDS while I'm in Israel. Just let me see my grandmother. They say she can go. And now this morning she says, my grandma wouldn't want to see me like this. Forget about it. I'm not going. Uh, yeah, so she wouldn't that- want to see me if I couldn't criticize Israel. Exactly. <laughs> this entire thing is a, is a, is a game Fine. show. It's a, it's a production, Mike. Um. Michael, let's let's let's. I'm going to give you some some uh, latitude here, some some free range to go back to the history here. Uh, Ilhan Omar and um, Rashid, Rashida Tlaib, I call them Jihad Omar and Sharia Tlaib, both introduced resolutions in the United States Congress to boycott, divest, and sanction Israel. BDS yeah. movement. Tell everybody in better terms than I can explain the danger of what BDS means for Israel. Okay, well, if you talk to BDS proponents, what they say now. Is that, and this is taken from a uh, proposed um, ethnic studies curriculum from the state of California for their schools. And they, they say boycott, divestment, and sanction is a global social movement that aims to establish freedom for Palestinians living under apartheid conditions, calls for the boycott, divestment, and sanction of the Israeli government until it complies with international law. Unquote. Baloney. <laughs> okay. Here's what it really is, um, because this is what their leaders have talked about in, in you know, open newspapers. Primary goal of the BTS movement is the destruction of Israel from the Jordan River on its east to the Mediterranean Sea on its west. Uh, their co-founder, Omar Barkudi, vowed that most definitely, quote, definitely, most definitely, we oppose a Jewish state in any part of Palestine, unquote. This was echoed by leading BDS activists, I won't even give you their names, I've got them here, declared that, quote, the real aim of BDS is to bring down the state of Israel, unquote, and, quote, BDS does mean the end of the Jewish state, unquote. They're not looking to um, make things better for Palestinians. They're not looking to have Israelis comply with international law, which is what they do in the first place. They certainly do comply with international law. And uh, they just want to kill Israel and uh, the six million Jews living there, probably all the Christians living there too. Which yeah, is and anybody yeah, anybody who supports Israel's right to exist, well, course, um, it yes. would be in that in that in those crosshairs as well. So, yeah, including uh, and, the and, state and of by Ohio, the way, it should point apparently. it should be pointed <laughs> out that you know um, it, it's not just conservative minded people and and Jews like you who 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 uh, acknowledge this. I quoted yesterday online and uh, in a couple of different places. Ted Deutsch, Democratic congressman from Florida, uh, in denouncing the resolutions by Omar and Tlaib to uh, to boycott, divest, and sanction Israel in the House. Deutsch said, quote, BDS envisions a world without Israel, end quote. That's why he opposed it. Now, here's a Democrat saying this. This isn't Donald Trump. This isn't Michael Goldstein. It's not even Bob France. I'm a Christian who supports uh, uh, Israel and supports Jews. Uh, this isn't us. This is a Democrat 
calling his own Democrat colleagues out for BDS, saying this envisions a world without Jews. That's what they, or excuse me, without Israel. That's what they want. Now, today, Michael Goldstein, Ted Deutsch is joining the rest of the uh, Democrats in condemning Benjamin Netanyahu's decision and the Israelis' decision to keep them out, saying this is a mistake and they should, they should be allowed to have access to Israel. And then, of course, Bernie Sanders piles onto that, saying if you won't let our representatives in, then guess what? You shouldn't let our money and we should uh, cut off well, our aid to Israel. How do you respond to let's that? Look, let's look at this. Ted Deutsch, I believe, is a Jewish guy, and that's fine. But when you look at what the Ohio General Assembly he's did a Jew- He's December, a Jewish guy. I'm sorry, Michael. But, and uh, You know what? Ta- tackle that in your comments right now. The number of liberal Democrat Jews who literally yeah. are selling out and have sold out Israel for their political beliefs in, in a manner that most of us who are I get, know, not, not non-Jews can even possibly understand. I'm sorry, go ahead. I get that, but what I was getting at is that if you're looking for non-Jews who support Israel, you don't have to look any farther than the Ohio General Assembly, um, where they passed the resolution HCR 10 in last December, um, which is a pro-Israel um, resolution condemning BDS and condemning anti-Semitism, particularly on our college campuses, which passed the Ohio House 92 to 2, and believe me, there aren't a lot of Jews in the Ohio House, and it passed the Ohio Senate 30 to nothing. Well, that's, that's a statement of the General Assembly of the public policy of the state of Ohio and all Ohio residents. So yes, uh, the, most Americans are on the side of Israel on this. Um, and most other issues. Now, I want, I want to talk about what actually happened, what Israel had to consider when making the decision not to allow these women to come in. Please. Finally allowed. Um, they had to consider, first of all, Israeli law, which prohibits the entry into Israel of those who call for and work to impose boycotts on Israel. Okay, That's the law. They can make exceptions in the proper cases. Was this a proper case to make an exception? Don't think so. Now, they had to consider the fact that both Nancy Pelosi um, and the minority leader, um, Kevin McCarthy, said, please let them in. They're members of Congress. And I'm sure they considered that because they would certainly not want to insult the United States Congress. Right. President Trump didn't want it, didn't want them to let the, the, these ladies in. Okay, that's fine. But here's what they did. I mean, and we really laid it out how they're in favor of BDS. They could have come with the rest of the Democratic Party delegation that was there last week and had a, a wonderful time. Uh, they they were had an even-handed tour where they talked to Israeli officials, they talked to Palestinian, Palestinian Authority people, and they learned a lot, and they all had wonderful things to say about it, and they came back. These two women chose not to do that. And what's Benjamin Netanyahu pointed out was their plans in Israel demonstrated that their visit's sole objective was to strengthen the boycott against Israel and deny Israel's legitimacy. Uh, They listed the destination of their trip as Palestine and not Israel. Their itinerary included Ramallah, Bethlehem, Hebron, and East Jerusalem, none of which are controlled by by Israel. They're under the Palestinian Authority. and um, they did not request to meet any Israeli officials, either from the government or from the opposition, which does include Arab parties. So, and the funder of their trip was uh, Mista, an avid supporter of BDS, and among whose members are those who have expressed support for terrorism against Israel. 
So why would the Israelis... Oh, I also heard, and I, I saw it written one place, I can't confirm that it's true, that they were supposed to come in on Sunday or Saturday night to Israel, and right. at the last minute they changed their itinerary to come in Friday when the Jewish state is basically shut down. There was there would have been nobody to, to deal with them at that point, and they were going to go straight to uh, Judea and Samaria under PA control and, and not see anything in Israel. And the Israelis wanted to use this as a teaching tool to you know let them know what's really going on. So the Israelis balanced all this, and the foreign, and the uh, interior minister said, no, they don't qualify for an exemption. All they're trying to do is, is mess us up. And they said no. And then they, they approved the humanitarian visit of Talib to her uh, to see her grandmother, and apparently now she said, no, I can't do that. So um, these people were unworthy. Whichever decision the Israelis made, one way or the other, they would, they would get a lot of criticism from all sides, maybe slightly different sides, but uh, the Europeans would be upset, the UN would be upset, that now the Democrats are upset. I don't think they're really upset at all, by the way. Um, Michael, um, let me think- ask you this. Uh, did the president cause more problems than he solved by tweeting that it would be weak for Israel to allow them in? We all know that the president has a very good relationship with Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, we know that Bibi did not have a good relationship with Barack Obama, who used every opportunity to snub Israel, in my view, uh, was not. I mean, the United States was not a staunch or strong ally of Israel during the eight Obama years. Uh, and I think there are good reasons for that. But anyway, the president now, President Trump and Netanyahu have a good relationship. Uh, but it looks, according to critics anyway, like Netanyahu is Trump's lapdog. And Trump says, don't allow them in, so Netanyahu says we're not allowing them in. Does that cause a problem, or is that all right? I think considering the uh, all of the elements I just mentioned that they had to take into consideration, Trump was just one of those, his feeling, um, they came to a very rational and reasoned decision. Of course, people will call, him, call Netanyahu Trump's lapdog. Because whatever Trump does, those people will hate it. Um, and, of course, they'll say that he's racist, no matter what the issue is, even if it has nothing to do with race, which this doesn't. And they're calling this, this by the way, uh, uh, Jihad Omar, uh, also known as Ilhan Omar, did indeed bring that up, racist and Islamophobic, saying that this is what Trump encouraged the Israelis to do, is tantamount to his, quote-unquote, Muslim ban. They're not letting her in because she's Muslim, or the two of them are Muslim, you know, one a Muslim Palestinian, one a Somali Muslim, but still, they're they're literally playing the race-slash-person-of-color-slash-Islamophobic card. Well, they never look, these people never look at what the facts are, and the facts are it's not because they're Muslim, because the Israelis let Muslims in all the time. They're not letting them in because they're very influential BDS proponents, and the whole purpose of their trip was to harm Israel. Uh, there was um, something, there was an article online uh, that I saw today about an Israeli who was an expert in national security, and he said, nobody's looked at this. If these two women went up to the Temple Mount, you know, to pray in the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which had mm-hmm. been proposed at one point, uh, he's sure that there would have been a riot on the on the Temple Mount. There would have been violence. And there'd be pictures in the newspaper of Elon Omar bending over somebody who got knifed or shot or something. And it just would have been a debacle. Uh, there was no point. There was no upside, really, 
for the Israelis to allow these women to come in. And under their own laws, they didn't have to let them come in. I think they made the right decision, and you can't blame this on President Trump. He let his his uh, druthers be known, and as did the Congress. And um, the Israelis uh, are pretty rational people, and they made their own decision. Had, I can't say it had nothing to do with Trump. It had to do with uh, the opinions of a lot of folks that, that um, the Israelis like and count on. And they aren't always on the same side as Israel on every issue, and they never will be. So right. I think it, I think what they did was just fine, and uh, they didn't appear they wouldn't have appeared weak if they let them in. It just would have been a bad decision, I think. And they certainly don't appear weak now. No, they don't. I completely concur. Uh, Michael Goldstein, I'm going to take a time out here. Can you hang with me for just a couple more minutes so you can tell me more about PGTN and also uh, and the national and the Ohio scale as far as what is going on? Okay, thank you. Uh, Michael Goldstein is the Ohio Director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. We're going to talk to him about what's going on in Ohio and really around, across the world and around the country uh, as it pertains to this very important Israel support organization. Right back with him after this on AM 1420 The Answer. All right, 9.55 now. I've got a few good minutes left here with Michael Goldstein. Michael is the... Um, uh, Ohio Director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. Mike, real quick, I just saw a story that popped up. Uh, uh, it appears that the planned trip to Israel by Sharia Tlaib and Jihad Omar was being sponsored by a terror-linked organization called MIFTA. You probably are familiar. Ramallah-based organization, according to the Daily Caller, that has expressed sympathy for Palestinian suicide bombers and supports the anti-Israel BDS movement. So, that, if that's accurate, and I don't have all the details, I just saw the story on the Daily Caller, that says a lot, that these two American members of Congress are supported by and being funded by uh, this terror-supporting group uh, that uh, wanted them to go to Israel. Bob, I did mention that before the break. I, talked I about missed that part before. then. About MIFTA, I, I must have missed yeah. that part. I apologize. Yeah. What, what, what? That's one of, that's one of the, mm-hmm. the things that are taken into account by the Minister of the Interior in determining whether he's going to let them in. Look who's funding their trip. Terrorists, people you know, who engage in terrorism and who uh, okay. want to destroy Israel. That, well, then, that, and I missed that part of it. Um, although yeah, we do okay. know that many of the Palestinians, I mean, you know, I, I sometimes refer to um, uh, Sharia Tlaib, Rashida Tlaib, as the uh, chair of the Hamas caucus of the Democrat Party. Uh, because, you know, we talk about terror groups. I usually, first thing I think of when I think about the Palestinians and I think about uh, terrorism is is, um, is Hamas. Um, I, I wasn't too terribly familiar with MIFTA, but the Hamas terror group obviously is kind of, of kind of what we're talking about here. I don't want to get too into the weeds on the terror groups. Let me ask you more about PJTN now. Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. Everyone go to pjtn.org. You'll see our online petition to remove uh, both of these women from Congress. I think we're up to about 45,000 votes. We're looking for 100,000. So pick up your smartphones to do that while we're still on the air. Um, Now, as to what we're doing in Ohio, uh, we're... uh, speaking with some members of the General Assembly, and we think we have some sponsors. We've talked to people with the President of the Senate. This is for the Anti-Semitism Awareness Act, which actually gives a definition of, of the term anti-Semitism with examples of using the definition uh, in use by the United States State Department and now um, by the United States 
uh, by the U.S. Department of Education for use in the schools. When, when there's going to be a, a complaint under Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, uh, interfering with someone's education because of their ethnic background, uh, Jews are protected by that, that thing. But the school districts will say, well, we don't really think this was anti-Semitism, what it was. You know, we're going to do an investigation, but uh, we don't really know what anti-Semitism is. This law in Ohio will um, give them the definition they have to take into consideration when doing an investigation. It's very important, and we'll be reporting on it as it moves through uh, the Ohio General Assembly. Um, it's being introduced in other states as well. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, I'm not sure how much time we have left, is that uh, my assistant state director, Kathy Johnson, a very devout Christian woman, and I have spent days, um, and she, especially she has, um, on this new uh, ethnic studies proposed curriculum in the state of California for all high school students. Um, and poor Kathy had to read all 300 pages of it, and it's full of hyperlinks to material the students would have to learn. And um, there was a group of 85 agencies, uh, most of them uh, Jewish, I think, but some of them Christian, others secular, that opposed the adoption of this curriculum. They wrote a letter. We wrote a letter. We were one of them, um, a signatory to the Department of Education in California, asking them to get rid of this. It's no good. But um, I want to just tell you a couple of things about it. I thought Kathy was going to lose her mind just trying to read this stuff. And what she says is that the course overview of this proposed curriculum uh, is an attempt to inject a presupposed thought pattern into what is intended to be an ethnic studies curriculum. It's a manipulative global-slash-progressive-slash-humanistic representation that moves beyond study into human core values and morality, not the purpose of public education, using terms such as intersectional and global understanding, interlocking systems of oppression and privilege, fostering of humanism, may represent the standards of the authors of the curriculum, but imposing these beliefs on students is at its core immoral. Um, well, Particularly, the fostering of humanism is of concern because it is in direct conflict with the fostering of faith inherent in the Judeo-Christian founding and history of the United States and undermines the religious values of many, and then the final sentence, uh, inherent, uh, the intent of this is, the concluding wording is engaging in civic action, community service, and or community education to dismantle white supremacy and institutional racism. That's one-sided activism. Anyway, um, and we provided, well, uh, Lori Cardoza-Moore, our founder and president, provided comments, Kathy provided comments, I provided comments, and the State Board of Education in California finally came out with something on the 12th that said, uh, this curriculum falls short of what our intent was, and we're withdrawing it, and we're going to redo it. So we had a very good success in California. Other that is, that is good news. And, and Michael, I'm going to have to jump in here because we're past our time here at the top of the hour. Uh, we can perhaps Sorry. talk more about that and the uh, curriculums uh, part of all of this uh, as we continue. But I want to do, I want to encourage people to do what I just did, by, uh, Michael, while you were talking. I went to pgtn.org and I have signed that petition demanding the immediate resignations of Omar and Tlaib and um, Alexandria Damasio Cortez as well. So I'm going to encourage people to do yeah. the same thing. I'll share that on social media too. And I look forward to our next conversation. Michael Goldstein. And thanks, maybe we bring Lori in with us next time.
That, that would be wonderful. Lori is a fantastic person. I enjoyed my last conversation with her as well. She, of course, is the national Great. director of PJTN. Michael Goldstein, thank you so much for your time. It's 10.02. Let's catch up with the news now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.